Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Apron Bumps Wrestling Podcast. Seems we've been doing a bunch of show predictions and reviews over the last few weeks. I mean, it's already been, I can't believe, two weeks since uh, since SummerSlam already. It just felt like it was like, I don't know, maybe five days ago, maybe a week ago max. But here we are because uh, finally, All Elite Wrestling is uh, holding their third quarter pay-per-view all out tomorrow night, beginning at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, they, of course, plan to do four pay-per-views a year as a company. Do one in the winter, uh, one in the spring, one here in the summer, and, of course, a final one late in the fall. Um, a pretty stacked card, I won't lie. It's uh, looking to be a pretty pretty decent show, or pretty good, actually. I mean, uh, I, I loved Double or Nothing back in May, despite it being a pandemic show. I, that's a strong contender for my personal show of the year. Uh, I have it kind of tied with TakeOver Portland, which was an NXT show that had the benefit of having a live crowd. So the reason I kind of favor Double or Nothing maybe a little bit more is because it was so fantastic without an actual paid audience. I found that to be unbelievably spectacular on AEW's part. So I kind of had both shows tied. One for with fans, and then the other one for without having fans. So this is going to be there. But this one, I guess, is going to have some paid fans in attendance, because the last few dynamites people have been set up in uh, in the little uh, daily bob there in uh, in daily's place and they're in their pods and they're all socially distanced and separated so there's going to be some fans watching this uh pay-per-view tomorrow night which is going to be very very interesting and i mean we're going to hear some a bit of crowd noise that's legitimate and it's going to be first time on an AEW pay-per-view since revolution back in February, so it should, should be a, an interesting time. Before we start breaking down the card here, I'm going to introduce my co-host. He's been on many times before. In fact, he and me and him solely predicted uh, Double or Nothing back in May. Mr. Brandon Moist has returned to the show to give his predictions here. First time we've heard from him since talking about a few matches on the SummerSlam card. Before we break down into our predictions, Brandon, what do you think of the, the card that all Elite Wrestling has set up for tomorrow night, and do you think it's going to be a pretty good one? Are you kind of looking forward to a few things? What do you think of this card as a, as a whole? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of matches on that card. I mean, obviously the main event is mm. the one I'm looking forward to the, the most. Um, the Casino uh, Battle Royale, I think there's going to be a couple surprises. They have 17 out of the 21 superstars, mm. but four are to be announced. Is there a new signing that we see, so that's always um, interesting to see. Um, and, and honestly, surprisingly, the Dark Order match. <laughs> I know a lot of people riff on the Dark Order. I'm actually uh, intrigued in that because I, I, I think Cody's going to have a part uh, uh, a part in that because I can't see him being totally out of the all-out event. Um, and then uh, I'm actually, it's a pre-show match, but I'm actually psyched to see Britt Baker back as well. Yeah, which we might as well get right into that. Yeah. And we'll also get into the Dark Order stuff, too, because I think that has a very big chance of opening the show, mm. like the, the main card. But anyway, Britt Baker is having her return match with Big Swall on the buy-in, which is what um, AEW calls their pre-show. They have one match that they, they air before the main pay-per-view card starts, and uh, Britt's going to have a return match on it. And apparently it's being billed as a tooth-and-nail match. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Yeah, but, me you know, either. <laughs> I don't know if it's like just another no rules match or maybe maybe it's a a, a gimmick where I don't know there's a, a, a toolbox and and it's filled with dentist equipment and you can use dentist yeah, equipment yeah, as uh, yeah I would think maybe that yeah as that's the a good uh, as the uh, the gimmick is that you yeah you can use weapons but they have to be uh, weapons from a, a dental 
Institute. I don't know, but uh, they're yeah. booking, they're having it as a tooth and nail match. I would have just did a, a full on singles match, but mm-hmm. they got a gimmick here. We'll find out what it is tomorrow. Um, I don't really have much to say other than the fact that I thought Britt was gonna get like a spot on the main pay per view card. I'm kind of surprised. They- <laughs> They bumped her to the the buy-in. I mean, I've had a lot of well, people talk that they, they said, "Oh, maybe they should have put Brody Lee and his cronies on the uh, on the on the buy-in." But at the same time, Brody's the TNT champion. He's mm-hmm. the reigning champion. That would make him seem unimportant holding the secondary belt to be on the buy-in. So I think it was just a matter of, and the Bucks aren't going to go on the fucking buy-in. Yeah, they're going to be on the main pay-per-view card, even if their you know match has very little build with Jurassic Express. You know, they're making the main card. So I think it was just. That the card was so full that just Britt's return match had to go there. I don't know. What do you think about that uh, placement? I, I think the placement is two things. I think it's one, to see if Big Swole can live up to a, a bigger mantra. And can she be one of those, uh, you know, top female talent in AEW? So I think they want to see first before they put her on the main card. And I also, I'd probably give you my prediction now. I also think it's on the pre-show card. Because I, I think it's Big Swole's match to take. Really? You think she's going to beat Britt Baker? Yeah, yeah I, I think, honestly, um, I, I think it's going to be, you know, Rebel's probably going to get up on, on the, the apron and try to distract the referee and Swole end up pushing Baker and the Rebel and rolling her up one, two, three. I don't think she's going to get, like, you know, a finisher and, and, a, and a clean cover. I think she's going to win with, like, some kind of distraction from Rebel, and then it's going to continue on. And I think you're going to see it continue on a bit into Dynamite for the next couple of weeks, or maybe longer. But yeah, I think that's why it's on on the card. I think they want to give Swole a big win and progress her into the top half of the AEW women's division. Well, with the character development that Baker has had since suffering her injury, it was very clear she was she was originally booked to compete at Double or Nothing. Everybody, yeah, she was going to face. Yeah. Chris Statlander in a match and she got hurt mm. on the go home show or whatever right yeah. before it was supposed to happen. So she got taken out and mm-hmm. Statlander ended up facing, I think Penelope Ford at uh, yep. that pay-per-view. But I think it was very clear that Britt Baker was going to beat Chris Statlander with all the character yes. development that yes. she had done yep. with all the Shivani interviews that she was doing in that time yep. building up to it. So I, here she is and she's been on television <laughs> in a wheelchair, hamming it up. Building her mm-hmm. heel character more, giving getting a decent amount of TV time for somebody who has been hurt. Yeah, exactly. And here's yep. her return match. I I see her taking it. I see her winning this 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 return match. I just I don't see how you you put all this time and effort into building her character only for her to take a loss in her first match back from injury. Yeah. You know, so I can, yeah, I can understand true. where you're saying where Big Soul would kind of get the rub, but mm. I don't think Big Soul's being built like Britt Baker is. Not yet, anyway. No, but, but you know, going back to our predictions on, like, SummerSlam and NXT, I don't think Britt Baker losing the match, I don't think it really hurts her character. And I think, like, we, we've had conversations, you know, off uh, apron bumps and that uh, on, you know, NXT to AEW's women division. And AEW's not really, doesn't have a lot of top-tier women. I mean, they have Nyla Rose, Sheeta, obviously. Um and then Britt Baker, and they're trying to push Statlander and Penelope Ford to be become that fourth girl that's really good. I think they want to really push Big Swole to be in that contention of, of top-tier women. Um, because she has actually been really popular over since, I'd probably say, double or nothing just before then. So I would think what would hurt more is Big Swole losing. Because then you, then you still have 
Sheeta, Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker, and you really don't have anything after that. You got really a, a three women division, and then everything after that is, you know, average. Yeah, but if Baker wins here, so that'll immediately put her into title contention, and I think she's the next challenger for. I I, I think she's too. Yeah, title. I. So I think when when she grabs that belt, I think she's gonna hold it for a while. Mm-hmm. I think so too, and I think she's getting built up to be the next challenger. But we will talk about more of the women's championship picture in a bit. Yeah. So you're gonna stick with the, the babyface Big Swole winning this uh, here buy-in match? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna say she's gonna win by finisher. I think it's Rebel's gonna probably mess up Britt Baker, and Baker's gonna turn more heel and maybe attack Rebel after the match. But I think Swole will probably squeak out a win. I would say. Okay, I'm gonna go with Britt Baker winning her return match here on on the buy-in i mean maybe they could get away with her losing mm-hmm. on the buy-in or whatever with less people watching. yeah exactly her. yeah whatever but i'm gonna stick with with Britt baker winning her mm-hmm. uh, first match in what like four months she's been out yeah four, exactly four yeah. Months now right so i go with that <clears throat> now we're gonna go to the actual main pay-per-view card which again i i i always attempt to piece these things together and i'm always completely off but that's the fun in prediction so i'm pegging the dark order Bout the Dark Order eight man tag team match. So that's the team of Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson against um, Camp Cody. I guess I can call this uh, this group uh, unofficially, yeah. which is the team of Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, um, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, which are of course the team of QT Marshall and uh, Dustin Rhodes. Um, yeah, interesting that they went for an eight-man tag team match here and not a Brody-Cody rematch, but they're really selling this, uh, Lariat killed Cody thing. Like, he, he's been off TV for a couple weeks now. He's not on, mm-hmm. on his pay-per-view card, so they're really going all in on, yeah. uh, Cody, uh, being actually, like, hurt from Brody squashing him. So they're really doing the storyline th- uh, a big thing. And so now all of Cody's, like, friends are basically stepping up to take on the Dark Order for in, in honor of, of Cody getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this should be... I mean, I, I love Brody Lee. I think he's, like, one of the best big men in uh, in North American wrestling, at least. Uh, Cole Cabana, he's been a solid wrestler for, for years. And the Dark Order are kind of coming into their own. Like, as you said, people like to shit on them. But yeah. the gimmick was pretty bad in the fall. But yeah, I, so think, I think it's developed into something pretty good on TV now. Now that we're in September of 2020, and they've almost yeah. been on television for a year, I think adding Brody Lee as their leader and giving him like like having his character be involved with them and seeing what they do as a group with with an actual leader now, I think that's done nothing but good things for the faction, and I find them mm-hmm. more than tolerable. I find them to be kind of a decent little heel act on television, and I thought they were pretty cringe in uh, November, yeah. December of last yeah. year. Exactly. Yeah. So they've grown a lot, and I mean, this should this should be a, an interesting eight man tag. I mean, Brody's yeah. great. Yeah. He can. Yeah, re- what are you worried about I've, to say? I really like how they added Cole Cabana because Cole Cabana is a fan favorite, right? Mm-hmm. And I like how he's kind of went a little dark, and then Anna Jay, who's up and coming in the women's division, who is like a, a sweetheart when she came in. Now she's all dark, and she attacked Brandy Road. So I like how they add they've added the right pieces. I find. Yeah. To the Dark Order. Well, it's a, it, like they just add on to it every week, it seems, to find yeah. a way to, to expand it and make it important. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it has a pretty big amount of importance now that Brody Lee is carrying the secondary exactly, yeah. singles title. 
And not only does he carry it, but he squashed Cody to do it. Yeah. He beat, I think he beat Cody in under like five minutes on that yeah. episode of Dynamite that aired uh, head-to-head with TakeOver a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so now it's going to be a, a battle. I mean, Matt Cardona is going to really show what, what he can do, hopefully. I mean, try and uh, wash off the Zack Ryder jobber stink of uh, fucking decade. <laughs> yeah. See how he does with that. Um, Scorpio Sky being involved with, like, Cody's faction is interesting. He's basically, like, I don't know if they've officially taken him out of SCU, but it seems like it. Because he hasn't been yeah. involved in, with SCU in, in, in weeks. And he's just yeah. been hanging around with, like, Dustin and Cardona and Cody on Television yeah. Weekly ever since Cody gave him a TNT title match. And he's just been part of their group. So that's that's been weird. But you know what? It, even if he is done with SCU and he's made his way out, I don't think it's bad because everybody is so used to, to uh, Kaz and Daniels. I mean, they were... Uh, they, they were one of the top TNA tag teams when they were back in the day when they were in TNA. They so were the I, best I don't think TNA it, tag team back in yeah. the day. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't even think it hurts. I think Kaz and Daniels are still a very solid what, team. Well, I have, a, it, I have an, a reason for why I'm thinking they're distancing him from the tag team division. I think they see him as – they see potential in him as a singles guy. I think yeah, this is their I, way of, like, taking him out of a tag team thing. Sure, he's, like, in a yeah. faction – but it's in a mm-hmm. faction that's related to the TNT title, which is the secondary belt. So exactly. I find that they're just they're doing that so they can establish him as a, a singles wrestler. Like AEW does their top five for each division. So mm-hmm. top five yeah. for the male, top five for the female, top five for tag team. And Scorpio Sky yeah. has been like number five of the top five singles dudes for the last couple weeks. I mean, they're placing him there for a reason. They're yeah, clearly exactly. trying to turn him into a, a single star of, of, of some kind. So we'll see yeah. how he does. I don't mind if he's in SCU. Like, you could have a three-man trio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but keep Kaz and Daniels as the tag team and just make Scorpio Sky the singles guy. It's like it's like uh, New Day on um, SmackDown in WWE. It's oh, It was always, uh, well, back then, it was always um, Big E and Xavier Woods. They were the tag team, and Kofi was the single star. So I think they should... If they do keep him messy, you just do it that way. Uh, regardless, I, again, I'm not saying that they've broken him off from SCU yeah. entirely. I said, I think he's just taking a break from it, or they're just kind of yeah. establishing him in the TNT title picture. But mm-hmm. I have noticed that he hasn't really been involved with uh, Kaz and Daniels no. over the last yeah. uh, couple weeks to a month anyway. And they've been doing a lot of stuff as a team together without him, and he's been doing a lot of stuff around Cody's faction and this TNT title picture. Uh, with that being said, I assume the Dark Order will win this eight-man tag here. Oh, really? I, I would, I would hope so because uh, you got to keep Brody Lee's momentum going for that uh, eventual rematch with Cody. You got to really build him up see, as this fucking big force, right? So, see, I, I'm on the other, I'm on the other end, and it's not because I don't like the Dark Dark Order. I think, like you said, it's they should win. I don't think they win because I think Brandy Rhodes comes out. She attacks Anna Jay, and then I think Cody attacks Brody Lee, and I think Cardona gets the pin on, I would probably say, mm, Stu Grayson. Okay. So, yeah, and, so but, Cody yeah, Brody, costs them the yeah. match. Yeah, and it just sets fuel to the fire for their, you know, continued okay. rivalry. But I think they want also Cardona to get a to get a, a, a win on the pay-per-view and maybe build him towards something in the future. So That's, I, I would go. That is an yeah. actual really rock solid prediction. And I'm going to give my opinion on that right now. So 
Mm. I, I'm just thinking of it as a perspective that they want this Cody injury to be so legitimate that they keep him off the pay-per-view, right? That's why I'm yeah. going with this prediction. However, yeah. and I'm going to stick with my prediction, but I will mm -hmm. say, if Cody does show up and end up costing them the match, yeah, like if Cody's on the show, they will be losing. If Cody yeah. is on this pay-per-view and they do not keep him off, he will cost them this match, like as you said. That'll yeah. be his I big just, return, right? So yeah. it, it depends if they keep him on the show or they... Or if they bring him back, I really don't know. Yeah. With him missing two weeks worth of dynamite and being exempt from a pay-per-view card, it makes me kind of think that maybe they uh, they are gonna um, keep him off the off the pay-per-view and really sell this. Yeah, price, right? it, it's just I I can't see like when when we were talking before um, a couple of days ago before dynamite was uh, on television. Um, I told you I said I can't I can't see the young bucks not being on the card and I I. Same way with Cody. I know Cody doesn't have a scheduled match. I just can't see him not making an appearance. I, I that'd be a little shocking to me. It so, may be a little I, shocking, but they want yeah. this to be shocking. Like they, they, yeah. they did the whole big uh, stretcher job after Cody got squashed. Meanwhile, yeah. may, may I remind everybody that Cody got squashed yeah, by Brody exactly. Lee. He sold the injury. They were gonna they were gonna mm -hmm. stretcher him out. And then the Dark Order actually attacked him and beat him up after he was placed on a stretcher yep. and yep. destroyed him more. And there have been two episodes of Dynamite that have gone by, mm. and he's been off both of them. And he yeah. hasn't been seen since he got squashed. But, so but if you, you really got to sell that, that throat injury or whatever injury yeah. they're doing with him, him not being on the pay-per-view will really sell that. People will be like, well, maybe he yeah. is actually hurt, and it sells the storyline well. Do you think maybe they held him off Dynamite for two weeks because he'll play a part? in in the match he could maybe that's why uh, he yeah. could but i i don't i i'm not i'm not saying i know which way or the other where they're gonna go here yeah exactly right yeah. that's why it's a prediction watch, right? so i'm gonna stick with mine and say they're gonna keep him off the show but if he does show up he will cause the dark order the match yeah to keep yeah, the program gonna, going I'm i think i think there's mine. i think there's a good 50 50 with each of our thought processes here it's just mm, a matter of who's yeah. actually gonna be right right like that's yeah, exactly right <laughs> that's it that's yeah. why it's a prediction so uh, we shall yeah. see but at least, like, we got some intrigue going into this match. There's yeah, a lot of stuff exactly. going on with it. So, yeah, like, look at this. is a potential opener, and we've been discussing it for what feels like at least 10 minutes now. That's how yeah. much storyline has been compacted into this angle. So, it's exactly. like, I give that the utmost credit. It's amazing what long-term booking can do for a television program, eh, Brandon? Exactly, When you yeah, can book exact. months in ahead, and you have a plan to the Ex next pay-per-view, and you exactly, stick with it Exactly, yeah. You don't months. have to have a don't have to have a pay-per-view every month fucking crazy which... bastard ain't changing the script the day of the show <laughs> yeah. despite it being written for a week and then he rewrites uh, it hours before it goes on the air wow amazing yeah how well yeah. a product can do when you stick to long-term booking right? exactly what and an if idea you give, you give the right guys time they can produce man and make good matches so oh man yeah exactly so yeah okay so brandon's gonna stick with um uh, camp cody pulling out the victory because of help from cody himself who's gonna get one over I'm Brody Lee. I'm believing that Cody's going to be kept out this pay-per-view for injury storyline purposes and that the Dark Order will keep their momentum going. We will find out who will be right tomorrow night. Moving on, everybody. Now we're going to go to an even more interesting bout, and that is the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, 21 men to be uh, competing. You said there's 18 participants announced for it already, though? No, 17. I counted 17? earlier. 17. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few open spots. Um, yeah. And the winner gets a AEW World Championship match sometime in the future, like Brian Cage had for yeah. winning the Casino Ladder match. So the participants listed that I have here are Darby Allen, mm -hmm. Lance Archer, mm -hmm. Brian Cage, yeah. Ricky Starks, Pentagon yeah. Jr., 
Ray mm -hmm. Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, uh, Billy Gunn, his son Austin, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and then yes. the rest, and then the rest are and uh, two vans. and a couple yeah. that are to be determined. So there's mm -hmm. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So there's four open spots. Yeah, going into the pay-per-view. So who knows who those can be filled by? I guess we'll find you, out. Uh, yeah, th this is to me is you know a lot of people are looking at it going, oh well, Darby or Lance Archer, right? Right? If if Moxley I would were to think, win, I would think, Mox, right? Yeah, if Moxley were to win, it's probably Lance Archer. If mm -hmm. MJF were to win, it's probably Darby Allen. Uh, man, you know I'm gonna say Darby Allen because I think it's his time. Um, right. But I got a couple of bold predictions, or not bold predictions, maybe a, a couple of things to watch out for. I think Sean Spears would be a trendy pick to win. Mm. I just think, I, I know if MJF wins and it's heel versus heel, it might not work out. But I think he's a trendy pick. I think he's a dark horse in the match. I like what they're doing with him lately. Um, and then I would say, pro this is probably not going to happen, but... Um, I, I've read a bunch of articles over the last month, even one with Tony Khan and Cody. They really are really, really high on former WWE superstar Rusev, who probably won't have the same name. I'm thinking one of those four open spots are for him. Oh, that's a big deal if, if he's actually in the match. If Yeah, they said they really want him. He was on Twitch. He's been on YouTube saying, yeah, my wrestling career is over. I just want, yeah, but I just want to be a streamer. Yeah, um, but I heard that was because, like, he's saying that, but he's actually nursing an injury right now. Yeah, um, if he is on the card, I I would say he's the guy that's going to win. Yeah. If, he, if he's in the match, I'd say him, but my three predictions in one, I'd say, you know, don't be surprised if he's in the match. Sean Spears is, I, I would say, he's probably going to be in the last four. He's a trendy one, I'd say. and But I think Darby Allen and Lance Archer are probably your two two guys that have the most percentage of winning that match. Yeah, I, I'm I'm personally of the thought that Lance Archer is going to win this thing. I think really, yeah, I do, I do. So so I know it's later on. We'll talk about that later on. Mm -hmm. If MJF wins, right, and Lance Archer wins, you even set up a match like that because they're both two heels, who's, right? Who's, who said I think MJF is going to win in the main event? Well, we'll get there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> but I think Lance that Archer, is true. Uh, again, if it if it's won by somebody who's previously announced, because if it, one of those four vacancies win, yeah, well then like I don't know, because they did that at the uh, with Brian the, the, Cage, the, yeah, yeah. With the double or nothing thing, the new signing yeah. won the the ladder match, yeah. So they have kind of a habit of having the new uh, signee yeah. win the thing, yeah. so I, it could be. I mean, I haven't heard I, of any signings or anything like that, but I mean, I'm, they're probably saving it for a surprise if there is yeah. one. Yeah. I'm still hoping, and I, you know, the hope's probably gone down the drain now. But I'm still hoping Pac returns and just surprises everybody one day. I miss that man. Isn't <sighs> he? He's stuck in the UK, is he not? Like oh, Pete Dunne I know, and yeah. All the other fucking like European yeah. wrestlers. They that... talk. They talked to Tony Khan before Wednesday's Dynamite, and he goes, "No, he's still part of the company, and he really wants to be on Dynamite. He just can't get out of England right now." Yeah. And That's I was like, oh, jeez. hasn't been yeah. on NXT since, like, February, March or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Shortly after him and Riddle won the tag titles, and, mm -hmm. and this the, the travel bans happened. So, like, yeah. 
and how it be. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, just counting one of the uh, if, if one of the four vacancies is a big new signing that they have when that could possibly happen. But I'm going to stick with like the people that that are already on the roster that really need a refurbishing or a repush. Archer needs some momentum again, and they've kind of been building him up pretty good. Like Cage and Starks have kind of had like some altercations with him, but I think clearly in this thing they. I think they see Lance Archer as a bigger deal. I just see them wanting to do something again with him and, and elevate him again. So you don't think he's... you don't you don't think they go the route of um, maybe Darby winning and them um, starting a feud in match with Archer and Cage and maybe progressing that on maybe to the next event. That, that's possible. That's possible. Yeah, I'm just thinking a heel wins this thing rather than a babyface. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Like, I mean, if 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 babyface does win, I think it I think it has to be Darby Allen. Yeah, but, it has you know, to be right. But I'm thinking a heel wins this bad boy, and my my uh, eggs are in the Lance Archer basket. Okay, okay. As of right now, that's, that, yeah, that's a great pick. Again, aside from the four vacancies, which one of those four vacancies could be a big, massive signing that they want to push right away, that's a complete mystery. I'm just looking at it from the participants that have been fully announced and mm-hmm. are have been on the AEW roster and who they might want to push or give a big win like this to. So I'm, uh, I'm loving these predictions. We're uh, we haven't agreed on one yet, which is it makes things more interesting. <laughs> I'm I'm getting real heel heavy here too, which is yeah, hey, there interesting. you go. We're getting very interesting. Into it. Uh, usually I'm not. Usually I like to give the baby yeah. faces a, a little something here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's just like like it seems like some heels need need building. So, but exactly. I could be I could yeah, be I end up wrong and like like but I, I gave you points. I did say like if Cody does show up, that the Dark yeah. Order is probably gonna lose because he's gonna cost them their their eight man tag. So mm-hmm. it depends on him being booked on the show or not. So that's a, a, a thing there. Uh, but yeah, I think the the a, a heel is gonna win this uh, casino battle royal, and uh, I think that they want to rebuild Lance Archer ever since he didn't capitalize on winning the TNT title, and they want to kind of rehab him quite a bit. So, and uh, that's that's that. You got any final thoughts on this uh, battle royal? And I uh, wanted definitively no, no. You pretty much said all you want to no. say about it. Yeah, I got my prediction, and and I think yours is is very good as well. So we're gonna have to see come Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, come tomorrow night will be interesting. So, and then after that, everybody, I, I imagine this match might be next. I just kind of slotted uh, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson against Jurassic Express, the team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So. On the go-home show, there was an eight-man tag on Dynamite where the winning team would be booked to face each other at the pay-per-view. So SCU, who we mentioned earlier, that being the team Mm -hmm. of Kaz and Daniels, teamed with Private Party, and they took on Jurassic Express and the Bucks. So, not surprisingly, Jurassic Express and the Bucks won that eight-man tag, and they have a tag bout against each other here on uh, the pay-per-view. This is probably going to be all kinds of fun. The Bucks are one of the best teams in the world they're amazing mm-hmm. yep. ring. Jurassic Express has a lot of potential Jungle Boy is really kind of coming into his own as a wrestler he just gets it he knows how to work he's uh, he's, a, he's a prospect they want to do something with him I think they see him as a, a young guy to build around for the future it's clear with how they use him and then Luchasaurus is a very athletic powerful big man worker who is also very good I mean even though there's no real like story or build going behind this thing like like the athletic should be fucking damn impressive and it should be yeah like a, yeah exactly, a, a, it yeah. should be a, a a a athletic showcase an athletic spectacle i expect here 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. This one's kind of hard to call. <laughs> I don't know what, what to think about this one. Because, like, if you what? have Jurassic Express win, <sighs> that kind of makes the Bucks lose again. And they've been kind of getting frustrated with a bunch of shit on television this week. And they've kind of been, you know, hot and cold. And they have some stuff go their way. Then some stuff doesn't go their way. And it's been kind of back and forth with them. They haven't been getting the consistency they would like. Um um, the hangman cost them a shot at the, the tag belts and they're, they're pissed about that. And now they have a match with Jurassic express on pay-per-view. So if you have the bucks lose here, it continues kind of like their downward spiral thing with the FTR looming in, in the corner. But I mean, with FTR looming in the corner, we're going to get to them. You might want to have the young bucks win because they might be slotted to, you know, challenge for the tag titles come the fall time. So See, I, don't, I don't know what to think about this match. It could very I'm, much go yeah, either way. I'm, I'm the same way with you. I think, um, yeah, man, the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks, man. Mm-hmm. They could take a couple. They could afford to take a couple of losses. They can for sure. I, I agree um, with that. To me, if Jurassic Express took a loss here and then takes a loss on Dynamite to, you know, I don't know, Best Friends or FTR in a singles match, to me it hurts them more because people aren't, aren't going to see them building. The Young Bucks are always going to be top tier. It doesn't, doesn't matter if they lose three, four matches in a row. Um, I really want to go Young Bucks. My, my gut is saying Young Bucks, but my head is saying Jurassic Express. I, I'm feeling the exact same way. Like, it's like I, yeah. Jurassic Express to win so that the Bucks, like, they, it continues their frustration storyline. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, fuck, we blew a pay-per-view tag match. Yeah. Maybe, maybe FTR is in our heads. You know, but like, I al- but I also think if Jurassic Express wins, maybe it bolts them up to maybe number one, and in a couple of weeks after this pay per view, they get a title shot with FTR. Whatever happens there, and then maybe you progress to Bucks and FTR closer to the next event, so yeah. you start building that. So that's why I think Jurassic Express has got a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I think I might just give this. them yeah. a little bit just because of the storyline progression involving the Young Bucks. Yeah, it's exactly, more about. Yeah progressing the young bucks by a loss that it is about building jurassic express i know that that sounds like i'm undermining the team but like i'm really not you know what i mean like it's it's more about it's uh, yeah i mean it kind of they are like second fiddle in a degree but it is about building the bucks and ftr because the loss is going to be pointed out oh do ftr are ftr in the minds of the young bucks have they gotten to them yeah they are in a slump now you know yeah and even if Jurassic Express wins, it might not be like you said. It, it's going to be pointed to the Young Bucks, but it still gives them a, a quality not, win. Not over to the mention, Young Jungle Bucks. Boy is the king of winning with fluky roll-ups. It's like yep. his thing. So exactly, like he yep. can catch one of the Bucks with like a, a quick uh, like small package or some shit, and they win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I expect this to be. I think this should probably gonna be a great match to be honest from yep. a, from an in-ring yep. perspective. May mm-hmm. not have a whole lot of storyline build as far as the two teams having conflict. But you yep. know the young bucks have are their minds are not going to be fully in it going into this match. They have a lot of stuff been that's been going on through the whole summer that's probably going to play a big factor in this match, and they're probably going to end up losing because of it. So here's that's that's yep. a prediction we will agree on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. For this year's show, and um, I guess again we'll find out that tomorrow, folks. But yeah, the match should be great, and um, you know it just shows that uh, AEW's got the best. Tag team division in, oh my gosh, uh, in yeah. North American wrestling. So it's crazy how good their tag division it's is. It's unbelievably good. Yeah, they're again. It's funny. Like NXT's got like the best women's division, but their their tag team divisions in the shitter right now. And then AEW has the best tag team division, and then their women's divisions kind of green as fuck. 
It's like yeah. an interesting parallel here, but regardless. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of, of women, we're going to move on to the women's championship bout. That is uh, Hikaru Shida defending against NWA women's champion Thunder Rosa. So, I mean, the people in AEW must think uh, Rosa's got a lot of potential. They must really like her as a talent because they thought, well, let's go to another promotion, get their champion to face our champion <laughs> in a... In a title match, kind of unprecedented, really. They they reached out to the yeah. NWA and got their champion to challenge the AEW Women's Champion at uh, the pay per view. Hey, uh, Sheeta's fucking fantastic. Rosa had a fucking really good match with Serena on Dynamite this week. I I'm I'm sure if, if you're the NWA Women's Champion, you got to be pretty fucking damn good in the ring. And she kind of mm-hmm. and she impressed me on on Dynamite this week, working with fucking an ex uh straight edge society member yeah who hasn't been seen in a long time but serena was always a pretty good worker in, in her youth but she's quite older now and i thought rosa and her had a very damn good match on television this week and and sheeta is just they have 10 times the worker that serena is so this should be uh some exciting stuff for sure um i don't expect a, a double promotional win you're not going to bring in the nwa women's champion and take the belt from Sheeta, like that's obviously not going to happen. No, I think this is a, a big time easy title retention for Hikaru Shida, but it's going to be a very good match, and and they're, they're going to put on something special here. But like Sheeta's yeah. definitely winning this thing, I think. Yeah, I think this is Jesus' match to call on the card. Yeah, I think oh, this oh, is. Yeah. I think though, I think this is a dark horse on the card because people are going to look at it and be like, oh, they brought in somebody from NWA because they really have no contenders right now with Britt Baker being out, and they've use Penelope Ford and Statlander and et cetera and Nyla mm-hmm. Rose. Uh, I, I still think this could be one of the best matches on the card. Thunder Rose is a great worker. I mean, Sheeta, I love Sheeta yeah, on the ring. What she's, can be said about Sheeta, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Sheeta's so fun to watch, man. Um, it's, I, uh, yeah. I think it could be one of the better matches on the show, too. Yeah, like, I mean, exactly. I, did you enjoy the, the match Sheeta had with uh, Nyla Rose at the Double or Nothing? Their, their no-holds-barred match? I thought that match was very good. Yes, and, yes. Um, yeah. And I think this is potentially even be better, so this could be something great yeah. here, right? I mean, exactly. it's predictable, and, but the match should still be lots of fun. Yeah, yeah, lots of fun, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty easy uh, prediction. We're not going to spend a whole too much amount of time on that. We expect the match to be very good to great, and it's an easy title retention for Hikaru Shida. As Brandon pointed out, they've beaten the likes of Penelope Ford and Chris Statlander on television leading up to this pay-per-view. So they they were beaten on, on additions of Dynamite, so you can't use them at the pay-per-view. Britt Baker has been out with an injury and is coming back in her return match, which was outside the title picture. So they had to figure out something for Sheeta to do. And I, I think they did this because they didn't want to do another Nyla match. I think they didn't want to be doing that for two pay-per-views yeah, in a row, yeah, right? So, yeah, I think they, you know, no offense to WWE, I think they looked at WWE and was like, I'm, I, we can't we can't Charlotte and Becky this, man. We yeah. Gotta, we we gotta we gotta save some excitement for when they do face off in the future. Because may I remind can't... everybody that ever since Nyla dropped the belt, she has been consistently ranked as the number one female challenger yep. since Double or Nothing, and yep. she ain't on this pay per view. So, my opinion is that they just didn't want to do that that title match again. Yep. So exactly. they they look yep. to the NWA and <clears throat> has to use uh, Thunder Rosa for for a show, and they fucking they both agreed, and now we have this match. But yeah, I would say probably the yeah the one of the easier matches to predict on the card for sure. Mm, exactly. Moving on, we have the AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the team of Kenny Omega and the Hangman, Hangman Adam Page, 
defending against FTR. That's uh, the team of Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, the former Revival from uh, WWE and NXT. Um, this also has the potential to be uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given the guys yeah, exactly. involved. Um, Omega and Paige have been a killer tag team since AEW put them together. Having the matches with the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, Best Friends, uh, all the tag title defenses that they've had have been phenomenal. Uh, been I'm worried. Team. What are you worried I'm about? Worried, I'm worried about this match um, because of what happened in the last couple of weeks with Paige and uh, the Young Bucks. I think it's going to have good potential. Like, it's going to be a, obviously a really good match. I think the ending is going to make a lot of people mad. In what I don't way? think, I don't think it's going to be, uh, a sh- you know, uh, a tag team finish. I honestly think, I mean, I- I've called it so many times, I don't want to call it again. But I mean, he did mess with the young bucks. I'm either thinking they're br- they're gonna try to break up the elite, so maybe Paige turns on Omega, or Matt and Nick Jackson do the same thing Paige did to them, and that's how it ends. And they, you know, they they get. Uh, the win on Omega because Paige can't help his partner, and that breaks up the elite. I, I just, I hope it's, I hope really in this match that there's no distraction and it's a clean finish. Uh, I think somebody's but, turning on the other here, dude. Some, yeah, there's a turn but, coming. Uh, yeah, we just don't know who. I mean, Omega. Um, so people are of the mindset that since Hangman started the drinking gimmick and yeah. doing the stuff that he's been doing as a tweener. He got mm-hmm. so over as a fan favorite that AEW doesn't want to make him a villain. So the idea being yeah. is that somebody from the elite is going to turn heel and fuck him over and he becomes sympathetic. But then that per- some people are thinking that Kenny's actually might might be turning here, that he might might turn on Paige and, and cost Ken- the team the match. Ken- you know? Yeah. Kenny's like, man, he, I don't I'm not going to compare him to anybody, but he's almost like John Cena where it would be weird to see him as a heel and a, and, and the turn. Ah, he was a heel I, yeah. pretty much his whole career in New Japan, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's very true, too. I mean, he just hasn't um, been a heel in AEW. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I think FTR is going to win the match. Obviously, oh, I'm, I'm in agreement of that, too. Whether there's fucking schnoz um, or not, FTR is winning the belt. Yeah, sure. the, the, pr- the prediction that has to be we got to try to make is what shenanigans is going to go on, right? Is it going to be the Young know. Bucks? Um, yeah. I, somebody is going uh, to get, get fuck Paige over, and that's what's going to cost them the tag titles. Unless, like, mm-hmm. but you know what would be really shocking is if they just lose the belts normally and nothing fucking happens. Yeah, that, Imagine that, that we go, yeah, oh, who's going to turn on who here, and then it still doesn't happen at the pay-per-view, so. Yeah, I think they really like Omega and Paige and are having trouble doing it, but. I mean, your, your tag division yeah, is so Yeah, because what's funny is they put right them now. together so that somebody could turn on the other, but then yeah. they got really over as a team. Yeah. So AEW kept them together for months. Yeah. And now they're, I, I, I mean, I really, I'd be shocked if they retained here. I mean, there's no way they retained against FTR, right? Like, there's no way. There's no, no way. No, I don't think they, no, I don't think they return again. Yeah, retained no against way. FTR. I'll be shocked I if FTR loses this tag title match. I'll be no. shocked. Yeah, me too. If there were ever a team for Omega and Paige to drop it to, it's this hot fucking tag team you signed. Yeah, exactly. Straight from WWE. The team that Who you did? want to face yeah. the Young Bucks long-term in the fall, which is probably going to be a tag title match. Mm-hmm. At, at whatever, I guess, a full gear or whatever they call the, the November show. Yeah. Or, or December or October, whenever they end up having it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's the long-term plan is to do FTR and the Young Bucks at that show, they, which means it'll be building for, like, fucking eight months, six to eight months by the time you yep. do it. So, yeah, Omega and Paige, I think, are definite. Schmoz or not, they're losing here, and FTR win the belts. Yeah. I just don't know if there is a Schmoz, what that Schmoz is, and who causes it. I guess that's the reason to tune in tomorrow, folks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But a lot of people are thinking that Kenny is actually going to turn on Paige in honor of the Elite or, or for the Elite or... <laughs> whatever or or uh, also here's another speculation thing that i didn't come up with but i read and i thought it was like on reddit and it was quite interesting that kenny was the one who told Paige to cost the young bucks so that we don't have to face them again like when they almost beat us at revolution but Paige took the heat and uh, the bucks think it was because ftr told him to do it, but in reality it was kenny and then when it comes to the pay-per-view time kenny will just turn on page and be revealed as like this, this evil little mastermind to kick off his, his heel turn. I don't, oh, know, I, like that. I don't know if that'll happen, but that was an interesting yeah, theory. That I I, I, yeah. That's a pretty good theory. I like that one. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's, kinda... that's, that's full on dreamy, dreamy fantasy booking there. But, uh, that was just a, a cool theory that I'd, I'd read up and thought I'd share here on this podcast. Cause it's, it's cause yeah. a lot of people seem to think that, uh, of the two, Kenny's the more likely to turn because Hangman's the the hot superstar, and you don't fucking turn the hot superstar when they get a ton of momentum. So we'll find out tomorrow night, folks. But I think me and Brandon are in full agreement that FTR win the tag team titles here, and this is the end of the Omega Page uh, tag team title reign. Any last uh, thoughts on this here match, Brandon? Uh, no, no. I uh, We both agree on it, and I think exactly FTR's title to win. Yeah, after that, I, we have uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. So I bet I guess that's just like like the broken universe's version of an extreme rules match. Match with weapons and plunder and all that sort of stuff. But they made it more interesting. On the go-home show to Dynamite, Matt Hardy had a pre-tape promo where he said, if he can't beat Sammy, he's done with AEW. He'll leave. He's, he's done wrestling. So, I mean, they, they, they've had Sammy basically dominate the feud. So, Matt's got to get a win here. <laughs> well, right? I mean... Right? Like, I mean, I mean Sammy it, beat him in a tables match. He fucking yeah. busted him open. He's beat the shit out of him for weeks on, on television. Already has a win over a legend. Matt's career's on the line. They ain't going to take him off television. He ain't going to leave. No, he just signed that. that you that, know? That's to, to me... Matt's got to win me, this. <laughs> I yeah, think. to me, putting... To, to me, making that on Dynamite, saying that it, it's for, you know, if he loses, he's gone. It just made it one of the easiest matches to predict on this card. Yeah, yeah, up there uh, with the uh, Sheeta and Thunder. Right? Yeah, I, I think it's Matt Hardy all day. Yeah, I, I, I expect it to be to be fun. Sammy has all the potential in the world. He could. He's another yeah. long term guy that they're gonna build behind. He's a great worker. He's young. He can build a future around him. Matt is the veteran presence, but like when you have the veteran, you can't like beat them to death. You got to let them mm. have some wins, too, because if you beat them a lot, then they lose all credibility after a while. So Matt's yeah. got his time. He's lost to Sammy. Now this is, like, basically the, the rubber match with Matt's career on the line, which he just got to AEW in March. Yeah, I think he, this is an easy win for, for Matt Hardy. Another yeah, babyface win on, it, on the yeah. pay-per-view. Exactly. So. It, they, to, to me, they should have made it. Uh, just a broken rules match and, and know, hey, if I lose, I'm gone, just to make it more intriguing to the fan but ever since they put that i think it's a very easy predicted match 
I guess maybe they're just assuming maybe some people don't critically think about these matches and go, oh, maybe Matt will lose and uh, yeah, yeah, and exactly. Right? And yeah. like, you're not gonna lose a big veteran like that who just signed in March and they're gonna yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's been there unless, uh, unless, like, not Matt, e unless not even Matt low key wants to retire and be an agent, but I don't see that. No, not no, he yet. just. He Spoiler alert, but he just had an interview uh, with Chris Van Vliet on YouTube. Oh, that like, guy's amazing. His interviews were so good. Yeah, he just had it, like, I think I think they posted it Monday, and he said, I still got two to three years left. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, you're not so, going to lose. <laughs> so with him saying that, and he's talking about staying in the ring and being on television, he ain't losing. So, yeah, But I expect exactly. the match to be good. This sh it should be a fun brawl. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah and, it should be, good, yeah. good storyline behind it. Match trying to get Sammy to to leave the inner circle and be his own thing. And then Sammy kind of is like, well, who the fuck are you to tell me how to run my career? And it's caused them it's, to. Yeah. It's been this, a good feud. Yeah, I've enjoyed like it. It's been going on throughout most of the summer. So this is basically, I would imagine is the blow off. There's probably going to be yeah. the last match in it, but it's good stuff. Good stuff here, but it's an easy mat win. In my opinion, it's right up there with uh, the tag title match and the women's title bout for being uh, yeah. the most predictable on the card. So uh, moving on, we go to the Mimosa mayhem match. Chris Jericho taking on Orange Cassidy. Now, in this match, you can win by pinfall, submission, or in the most goofy way possible, throw your opponent into a tank of mimosa. What is well, mimosa, you, yeah. you, you young people might ask? It's champagne mixed with OJ, <laughs> baby. <sighs> so, I this is another hard one to predict. I find Really? You think this one's hard? I, I think so, because, like... The, the safe thing is to have the big star beat the fucking mid-carder, but then you, the right thing to do is to have the mid-carder win so he goes up 2-1 over the legend and you solidify him. But I don't know if they want Jericho losing to Orange Cassidy on pay-per-view. Sure, like, but you could do it by having him push Jericho into Mimosa and, like, he's not pinning him or making him submit. So I guess you could do that. Like, if I were booking yeah. this thing, I'd have Orange win because, like, he would go 2-1 over Jericho. And that would mm. put him over pretty big. So he beat him. Um, he beat him at some time, like in the last month on TV, because their first yeah. meeting at at uh, Fighter Fest, Jericho won in a very good match. But Jericho won in the end. Then they had a rematch a few weeks, like three weeks later, and, and Orange Cassidy won that bout. So this is their much like Matt and uh, Sammy Guevara. This is their rubber match. And um, uh, but I could see just AEW booking Jericho to win the thing because he's the big superstar. They're big, perhaps they're. Arguably the biggest draw on the heel side. I don't think I'm I'm bluffing with, with saying that. Um, no. But like Orange is just he's he's getting he's being built up big so hugely by being involved with Jericho and feuding with him and feuding with a, a veteran of the industry for 20 years. Like this is like Orange Cassidy's value has gone up big time since feuding with Jericho. I think like it's just he's he's on another level now that he's feuded with a, a top tier talent for this long. Yeah. And uh, I think the right thing to do would be to have Orange win. And as I said, you can throw your opponent into the Mimosa tank, and that doesn't involve Orange making Jericho um, you know, pin him or make him submit. So there's a way to protect Jericho in the loss, but you still give it to Orange. But like with yeah. Jericho being the big draw, you could always see the promotion just giving him a win on pay-per-view over the mid-carder. What do you think, though, Brandon? Yeah, I think it's going to end that way. I think Cassidy's going to throw him into the Mimosa tank. Yeah, I guess that's where we're just going to yeah. agree on. But can you... When, we, yeah, when I when I was looking at it and, and seeing, like, what match was and they added that to it, I was like, oh, that's definitely the finish. <laughs> yeah, because he, I, and, that means he doesn't have to pin Jericho or make him tap yeah, out, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and then Jericho can use that even pa past the Orange Cassidy feud. He can use that as, oh, I never got pinned. 
Yeah, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be on my loss record. So it really protects both guys, and I think that's the way they'll go. I think so too. I think so too because then you give Orange the second win over Jericho on a pay per view, which is a big deal, regardless of if he's just pushing him into a mimosa tank. Jericho doesn't get pinned or doesn't tap out, so he's got a fail safe and can bitch about it like a heel, and he keeps his heat. And then, and then both guys can move on to do whatever else afterwards. And now you've had Orange Cassidy get two wins over Jericho, one of which being on pay per view. And um, yeah, I think it, it does it does more for Orange to get the win here than for Jericho to win again. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just booked Jericho to win on pay per view. But they're they're kind of smart, and I, I don't think they'll do that. Yeah. So I I'm gonna go with yeah I can't uh, see that. No. I'm gonna go with Orange Cassidy winning this thing to help propel him a little bit. Same. I'm with you on that one as well. And then we go to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. The main event of All Out 2020 is John Moxley defending the AEW World Championship against MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman. The best promo out of most people on ever. It's just he's unbelievable on the mic. Two masters of the mic actually competing in in this match. Yeah, you got Moxley, who's the the top babyface champion. He's been beating everybody, and I've got MJF, who's slowly been getting wins over time and talking shit. And he's been the number one ranked uh, male challenger for months. He's been number one. Like shortly after he beat Cody at Revolution, he got close. He got to number two, then he ranked up to number one, beating Jungle Boy at uh, Double or Nothing. It was a fantastic match. Probably my second favorite match of the whole year. And now here he is. He's in title contention, and he'll be main eventing uh, the summer pay-per-view against John Moxley, challenging for the world title. Now, for a long time, I thought MJF was probably going to win this match. I did. I thought they were probably going to oh, strap, wow. strap the rocket on him and have him win the title here and just kind of give it the old college try with a, 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 a chicken shit heel reign because Moxley was dominating the feud for a bit and like kind of like outsmarting him and... DDTing him and beating, you know, conning his lawyer into having a match. But then, on the go home show this week, Moxley destroyed the lawyer quick, and then um, Wardlow jumped Moxley after the match, and then MJF joined in. They double teamed him, and MJF beat Moxley unmercifully on television mm-hmm. to end the show. Had him bleeding. They did the whole blade job. Moxley's there bleeding and practically dead, and MJF stood tall with the championship belt booking logic usually dictates that when a heel stands tall with the belt on the go home show they usually don't end up winning at the pay-per-view and moxley has had a really long dominant reign and i don't know if it's going to end because as i mentioned earlier with the, the casino battle royal they could have lance archer win that thing so that's a big monster heel dude with jake roberts as his mouthpiece now targeting the world title, and there you have killer champion John Moxley, still champion, and that could be the the fall program going into um, the uh, quarter four uh, AEW pay per view. So due to the how the the, the, the go home show went with MJF standing tall uh, in the end over Moxley and and Moxley kind of bleeding and and all that stuff, and the fact that I think Lance Archer is going to win the the Casino Battle Royal. I see MJF giving it his all, but I don't know if they put the belt on him here. I still think Moxley is going to retain the championship. Oh, wow. I didn't think it. I didn't think it before this week, but I think of it now. One day before the pay per view, I do believe John Moxley will retain the world title in the All Out main event. What do you think about this? Really? Yes. 
What do you think um, about this match, Brandon? And what are your predictions for it? Uh, I'm that uh, I'm most pumped for this match. I think it's going to be a great match. I think the the, mm-hmm. the build up to this has been amazing. I think well, it's just going it to get better, be, considering it's the main event, right? So it should yeah. have the best build. <laughs> um, I I'm going to have to go against you. I think mm-hmm. they strap it on MJF, and I think he's going to have it for quite a while. Um, oh man, um. Well, have you ever heard of uh, have you ever heard that interview with Cody? I think it was maybe, oh, I think it was early October. He had it with Tony Schiavone, and uh, the the woman referee. I can never remember her name. Aubrey Edwards the, or whatever. Aubrey yeah. Edwards, yes, on their podcast, and um, they asked him, um, what happens if a heel um, has the last laugh on a go home show before, um a pay-per-view and Cody says we're not WWE we're not Impact we're not ROH if a heel uh you know has the the upper hand going into the the show doesn't mean that they're gonna lose he goes I don't believe in that so hearing that and seeing the way the feuds went I think MJF is gonna win and you know after this, I don't think I don't think there's anything for Moxley to do. He's done so much, and with his wife, who just quit WWE, going on a little hiatus, um, and she's gone for I think 82 days, starting. Uh, well, she's been gone for eight days, but she's gone for another 82 days. I think Moxley's going to take some time off. Really? Yeah, I think they're going to. MJF is going to win. I'm not saying he's going to brutally beat him, but he's going to win. Um, and I think you're, you won't see Moxley for, I, I'm going to say, the we'll start of September, I'm going to say end of October, early November, just before the next pay-per-view. I don't think you're going to see mm-hmm. him until then, and then he'll make a surprise return and somehow be on the card. But I think he's, I think he's deserved some time off, and I think that's why MJF is going to get strapped with the belt. It's his time, and I also think it's, it's time for Moxley to go away for a bit. Because if he does lose the MJF and there's no rematch or there is a rematch and he loses, what does he do after? He's done everything. Like, you can't make him drop down the card. So no. to me is, to me is, I think he deserves some time off. Make, make, make the people go, okay, Moxley hasn't been on television in a bit, almost like what Roman Reigns did in the pandemic. And then when he's good and ready and people have totally forgot about him because he hasn't been on TV, bring him back. Well, you see, here's the thing. What does he do? That's what I mean. Like, then he don't I, – I see them just keep – he's had a dominant reign. I think they want to keep yeah. it on him for a long time or for, like, a while longer. And I th- mm-hmm. In fact, I think they want to keep it on him throughout the rest of 2020. So I think they just keep the belt Jeez, on that. him, and he has another title defense, and he, he keeps reigning. But if he does – has he mentioned anything about wanting to take time off or anything like that? Or is this just a, a you just think that that might be something no, that they do? No, I, I, I think because, like I said, she's in WWE, right, Renee, Renee Young, and or she was, sorry, and he's been in AEW. So they really only, I mean, during the pandemic, they've seen each other a little bit more because there's been tapings in that. But I, I think just he's he's done everything with his title reign. He's had such a good title reign. He's been heavily used on, yeah, on TV. Can you believe this? He's already reigned with the AEW world title longer than Chris Jericho did. He's already... Ex- <laughs> exactly. And, and to right. me, like you, like you, your prediction is Lance Archer. Yeah. If Lance Archer and Moxley fought, Moxley would win. I, I would predict Moxley at least. 
I just don't, I don't think know. if they if they rehabbing I, him, they wouldn't have him lose a second title match. I could see him dropping the belt to Archer in the fall. Yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't think after if he were to beat MJF, there's anything intriguing for him to do after. So that's why I think it, it ends Saturday night at All Out, and then he. I'm not saying he's he he might show up on Dynamite that week, but I think within a couple weeks they'll, they'll push him off TV a bit, and uh, you won't see him for I'd say at least six weeks. Interesting. Well, I I think the Archer program could be a decent program for Moxley come the fall time. Yeah, to, for me, I, I think it's MJF and Darby. Yeah. Um, If it's not MJF and Darby, I think it'll be Rusev if they go by Rusev because I think he, they'll make him a baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I, I think MJF goes through a lot of people. Um. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go with he's gonna keep the title for a while, and I think his first program is Darby. Well, that's interesting. We have a completely contrasting opinions for the yeah main event. Once again, Braden with the main event babyface winning. That's like mm-hmm. my favorite prediction to to do. And then I think half the time I'm right, half of the time I'm wrong. Yeah, it's really a mixed bag. But anyway, that's uh, our predictions for the All Out card, which is happening tomorrow night, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time on pay per view. Um, you don't really ever have anything to plug there, eh, eh Budski? Don't really have anything uh, that you'd want well, to I'm just gonna, I'm just, here? I'm just, I'm just going to say go Raptors. I, that thrilling win last night. Hopefully they can keep it up. They're oh. in the series now. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's all, that's all I care uh, about. Before I go off, I hope that uh, my boys in, in Vancouver can uh, put away the Vegas Golden Knights yes. and go on to the Western yes. Conference Final. So we can finally have, and, and then not only that, but for the Western Conference Final, go to the Stanley Cup Final and win the Cup in Alberta and or in Toronto, wherever the series ends up ending, because yeah. it's the Eastern team versus the Western team. And then finally, a Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup after freaking 27 years since yeah. Montreal last held it. And you know what? Vancouver's my team, too, and I wanted them to go out first round. So I bandwagon. I bandwagon in the playoffs. You see, when whenever there's yeah. a Canadian team that makes it, that's a, a franchise that was made... In a Canadian city, whether it be Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, um, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, I cheer for them until they get out. Or I cheer yeah. for them all the way. Usually they don't go all the way, but I see, cheer for them see, through the playoffs. It was different this year because of the, the COVID and that, so they mm-hmm. had like a different format for the playoffs. And my dad was like, oh, your team's playing Minnesota first round. I was like, yeah, I hope they lose. He's like, why do you want them to lose? I was like, because they're all young, 22, 3, 23, 24-year-old well, kids. They, they've been killing it, and they were even getting yeah. they were getting some good wins in the regular season, too, before COVID shut yeah. down. So it's like, they they got something there, man. I'm, I got my, yeah. I'm going to watch that game intently tonight and hope for the best. So Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing tonight, too. So, so anyway, we are available on Anchor. Uh, you can listen to us on my Anchor, the Anchor page here, which you probably did. It's anchor.fm slash Braster, but... As a part of being involved with Anchor, Anchor spreads us to all of its affiliate platforms. And in fact, we got on a new one this week. I got the email about it. We are now available on Apple Podcasts. It's the oh, newest. Yes. Plat- it's the newest platform which Apron Bumps is on. It just started this week. Uh, Anchor just released it to Apple Podcasts, so this episode will, in fact, be on Apple Podcasts. But as usual, the other platforms that we are on, you can listen to us on Breaker. Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Copy RSS, and of course, the streaming service that I probably use the most out of all of them, that of course being Spotify. 
You can listen to us on all those platforms, folks. Whatever one you desire or like the best, you got a good <laughs> you got a good variety to choose from. You know what I'm saying? Like you got a good good amount here, especially with Apple Podcasts uh, being one of them now. That's a that's a big platform to be on. I'm glad we're on it. So, and then also, if you happen to be watching and listening to the YouTube version of this podcast in video form, give the old Braster channel a nice little subscribe. It is always very much appreciated. From me to Brandon to our other co-host, Gabe Dozen, who's too busy to be a part of this episode, we bid you farewell, and we are going to Spanish fly on out of here. Talk to you next time, folks.